Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm the goatee of one Chuck Norris. And I am PlayStation. Welcome to episode 136, Survivor Series 1994. It's It's time time to meet your maker. The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. Meet your Undertaker. It's time to meet your Undertaker. No, he's your undertaker. It's time to meet your undertaker. I'm changing the whole thing. This tagline makes no sense. Yeah, uh uh-huh. I mean, Taker technically met his maker a while ago when he... At Royal Rumble. Yeah, when he, Mm -hmm. you know... Earlier in the year. Floated to the heavens. He did not rest in peace, though. (laughs) I thought it was Marty Jannetty that rose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Marty Jannetty's always high. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's, he still hasn't come down <laughs> in this year of our Lord 2021. Yeah. Been high <laughs> since 94. Or, you know, in um, his case, probably like 78. Yeah, he's like, I took a break once or twice. So this was the 8th annual Survivor Series produced by the WWF. It would take place on November 23rd, 1994, from the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas, with an attendance of 10,000 and one. Ooh. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> 10,001. Yep. Thank you, who's Mrs. The, Huckleby. Who's the one? There's like two babies. <laughs> They're like, we'll count that as one person. <laughs> Fun note, uh, usually Survivor Series so far has been held on either Thanksgiving night or Thanksgiving Eve. Mm-hmm. This is actually the last one to not be held on a Sunday. Okay. So it moves to Sunday starting 1995 and... It is still being held. Yeah, it's just the the Sunday closest to Thanksgiving, basically. Mm, We'll see. Thanksgiving's always SummerSlam on Saturday this year. I think it's usually the Sunday before. Is Thanksgiving always on a Thursday? Yes. Okay. I was like, I think that's true. I'm not a big holiday guy, I guess. (laughs) But hey, I remembered that. It's the one time of the year that we get a day off in the middle of the week. (laughs) Yeah. Those Monday ones are fun, but the middle of the week ones are kind of nice. But we are in San Antonio, Texas. We are. What deliciousness did you bring us this week, Shane? Well, it's the holidays, you know, Survivor Series and all. Uh, so what goes best with the holidays? Alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you can put up with your uh, your uncle, aunt, <laughs> you know, hopefully you have a good relationship with your mom and dad. Maybe yeah. Hopefully they're easier to swallow, but that's not always the case. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully so people feel them. that way about me because, you know, I'm the uncle of many, so... <laughs> Well, I like you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I like you too. One day, perhaps we'll spend a holiday together and not hate each other. But yeah, we are in Texas, in San Antonio, on the uh, eve of Thanksgiving for Survivor Series. So I looked up some. Uh, we've been to Texas a few times. I don't believe I have made this one before. Looked up the signature cocktail of Texas, and it is known as the Paloma. 
nice and refreshing. I'm not usually a, uh, a tequila sipper kind of guy, but this is actually pretty tasty. It's a, uh, a layered drink of lime juice, some uh, simple syrup, some tequila. I don't know why I even said layered because you add those in and you mix them all up. <laughs> and then you uh, top it with some ruby red grapefruit juice. And uh, garnish it with a, you can do it with a lime or a little wedge of grapefruit. It calls for a salted rim, but I didn't want to salt the rim, so I just mixed up the drink and then did a little salty base sprinkle on top, just so you can get that little kick of saltiness with it. Yeah, um, tequila yeah, and salt. Damn tasty. You know. Yeah, it's tequila, tequila and salt, salt, lime salt, yeah, grapefruit it's, it's salt. All, it's kind of like a um, sugar and salt. It all works. I already drank all mine. I'm okay. I'm okay <laughs> if we want to stop and get seconds. Yeah. It's pretty delicious. Yeah. It's yay. Kind of like a, a less sweet margarita. Yes. Maybe? Yeah. It's but it's. And see, like, I don't normally like margaritas because of that reason. They're usually yeah, too like, sweet, or you know, they use their sweet and sour mix that is just usually syrupy. leaves me with an upset stomach. Yeah. Because it's just yeah funky syrup. Yeah. This is um a little lighter. Yes. Taste it to you can still taste the tequila, but it's not too much. As I had said before the show, I themed this uh, with the "Wish You Were Here" theme in mind. Uh, mm-hmm. We're drinking out of the Macho Man Randy Savage, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Miss Elizabeth glasses. "Wish You Were Here" for Survivor Series yeah. because what's funny is these are probably what well, these are probably from the time of the like second. This is from '88. These glasses are from 1988, so that's. Like the third, second, third, second, 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 yeah, yeah. second or third uh, Survivor Series. Hell yeah! But yeah, it's uh, all three pretty of fucking these tasty. People were definitely there. Whoever created the Paloma, cheers to you, buddy or lady. Cheers to us as well. Yeah, exactly for watching the show. Clink. We made it. The things we do. We survived because we're here show. to talk about. I mean, it. honestly, we've watched so many more shows, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to this one. So something that happened right around the same time Survivor Series, Sony would release the PlayStation in Japan a couple of weeks later. It wouldn't hit the U.S. until for another 10 months or so, so basically like... Back to school. Late 1995. Yeah. But the PlayStation would go on to sell over 100 million units worldwide. And they're still killing it today. Nobody owns an Xbox. Everyone's got a... PlayStation 4 or 5 or whatever. Xbox. Lots of people have both. What number are they on? PlayStation 5 is the newest one. And then the Xbox X, I think is what it's called. Good lord. Yeah, it's like the one that's a cube. But the PlayStation 5 is pretty ugly looking too. Yeah, they're not aesthetically pleasing in any (laughs) Well, if you're staring at your game system while you're playing your game. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it way wrong. And I don't even play these games. No. I had a school. I had a PlayStation, but I didn't get one until like '98 because you know had to had to wait till they uh, dropped in price before my parents were like, okay, <laughs> you'll shut up and whatever. But I make sure it wasn't going to be another yeah. Sega Saturn deal where you know. I was always a Nintendo guy until the PlayStation, and then I've never had anything except for PlayStations after that. That's not true. I my PlayStation Two started to break. Or started to like stop reading discs, so I, I gamed the system and I traded it in at GameStop and got a GameCube and a bunch of new games because there was like I think Resident Evil Four came out and I was like oh I want to play that and my thing was starting to break down so I was like before it stops working completely I will trade it in so I can play the new Zelda and whatnot but 
There you go. Yeah. I don't know if the three of us are the world's largest gamers, but, you know, no. being... I uh, mean, I, I take away lots of any credibility for games, because, like I said before, I haven't owned a game system since uh, Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, so all the stuff that came after that, I probably mostly <laughs> suck at, because <laughs> I've never played them. I, yeah, I'm not the best either uh, <laughs> at video games. This is not a table of gamers. No, no, means no. We... I can dabble. say we, we can dabble. We probably enjoy them if we were to sit down and play them, but none yeah. of us are. I mean, I literally have played two games in the last year, probably. Uh, I've played the more games since the like pandemic started. Uh, <laughs> still kind of going. Uh, since it started, then I have uh, since I was like in high school, and it's still not, it's still not as comparable. But we bowling, baby. Mm, we nice, bowling. Yeah. Oh, we bowling so much fun. That's my game right there. <laughs> like all we like we sports in general are fun to play. Yeah, it was like the one and those, thing. Those that... are the last games I think I have played because after that it was more. I'd go and visit my nephews and yeah. You want to watch me play Halo? Absolutely not. Not, <laughs> not really, but I guess I have no choice. Yeah, I, I love like, you, Nick. Play, Sorry. Let's, let's play We Golf. It Come was on, fun, buddy. but yeah. uh, that's why I don't understand the whole. Twitch craze of, let me pay you so I can watch you play video games. Yeah, we sound like old men, but I agree completely. <laughs> I mean, I don't, get, I don't get it either, but, but over, you do it. over the past year, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, the up, up, down, down guys, like they play Uno every week. But say they make like, it more of a... It, it's it's, like, it's, it's more like, sports entertainment it's like that way. hanging out with, with it's, these guys. At that point, basically. it's basically a podcast. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with some Twitch channels is that I'm sure that like some of those people are just so interesting just to hang out with. Yeah, watching one guy that's really really good at like Fortnite or Call like, of Duty. I'm not really like, watching it to watch the game itself. I'm watching it just to like hang out with these guys that you know. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's a friendship simulator. So you <laughs> used to come up with a Twitch channel where it's just they it's a kid that's just freaking out like I used to do when I was a kid that just gets pissed off, throws a temper tantrum, wants to break my controller. Mm, yeah. That's what I would pay to watch. <laughs> I want to see somebody have a full-on fucking mental breakdown and you know destroy their shit yeah, the only just things, because they couldn't get to that next level. The only things I watched on Twitch was during the pandemic, there was some bands that I liked that would uh, stream like on the weekend from their house, like them performing songs and doing goofy stuff. Uh, and then uh, there's a comedian that I like that did a... Uh, a call and advice show that was very funny and uh, very very disgusting, but very good. It was kind of like it was kind of like uh, like do a Doctor Drew type of thing, but with somebody that's not qualified at all. <laughs> and that was very good. Like Adam Carolla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not uh, not quite uh, not not quite uh, that far to the right. <laughs> oh, Twitch. The only thing I know about Twitch really is, wasn't there like a dancer or choreographer or something like that that used to show up on Ellen named Twitch or oh. a DJ or something like that? I don't know. No I might be wrong. I probably. I mean, we wrong. watched Triple A. We, we watched Triple Mania the other day on Twitch. Yeah. So yeah, you can. There's all kinds know. of things on. There. So I have watched something on Twitch then. Yeah. I didn't even know that's what we were watching at all. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like YouTube, but you can go oh, live, which you can probably do on I'm a hypocrite, because I'm sitting here talking about people watching <laughs> shit on Twitch, not yeah. knowing that I watched something on Twitch. <laughs> Big Vampire Zola. 
I got you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I think the first thing I ever watched was uh, two years ago. I watched a Triple Mania live on Twitch. Uh, so I think they've been putting it on Twitch like for a while now. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Well, let's move off to Survivor Series and see what's happening there. We get a video package from earlier today. We see Shawn Michaels talking to his team in the locker room, telling them to follow his lead. Razor Ramon and his team are going with the strategy to take out Big Daddy Cool. Lex Luger with his team saying that there are things in this world you can't put a price on. And the Million Dollar Corporation in their locker room saying it's all about the money. The Doinks are going to have some fun tonight, while Lawler tells his crew not to embarrass him. We then get an animated video of the desert with coyotes, cactus, and then the logo appears. Didn't it look like... Some real early CGI? Yeah, it kind of had this pre-Rocco's modern life, (laughs) like, doodle... Appeal to it. Oh yeah, like the skull. The skull was very like bubbly. <laughs> yeah, it just it wasn't as deadly as I was expecting it to be. But no. I mean, then again, it's 1994, and I mean, as we will soon see when Vince and the uh, the rest of the people take the camera, everybody's kind of costumed up, so it fits. Vince McMahon then welcomes us to the show, and he is joined by Gorilla Monsoon. <gasps> and both of them are dressed in cowboy hats and belt buckles. Yeehaw, y'all. It's pretty great. I love the western wear uh, of Gorilla in a polo tie. <laughs> they preview the matches of the show, and then we head to our first match. The Teamsters of Big Daddy Cool Diesel, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, King of Hearts, Owen Hart, Jim, the Anvil Neidhart, and Double J, Jeff Jarrett, versus the bad guys of Razor Ramon, the British Bulldog, hey. Davy Boy Smith, 1-2-3 Kid, and the Head Shrinkers of Fatu and Sione. Sione. With, That's all I got. <laughs> with Afa and Captain Lou Albano. I do not remember seeing Captain Lou. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's, well, not. he's he, there for a second. He was distracted uh, helping Fatu for a while. Mm. They're wearing boots. It's weird. <laughs> so we haven't seen Sione since Starcade 92, episode 80, as the Barbarian. Nice to have you back. Yeah. So Sione had replaced Samu as he was not dealing well with Albano's attempts to civilize them. Oh, that's the the boot situation. Yep. That's the boot situation, yes. Mm -hmm. It starts with a boot and ends up with a booty shake. See? He's he's missing out. (laughs) So Diesel comes out first, leading his team down the aisle, when Sean ducks under his arm to put the spotlight on himself. Foreshadowing? (laughs) Exactly. As Vince and Gorilla argue over who the captain of the team really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still arguing over why are they called the Teamsters? They should be called like the nicknames or something like that. Because or, yeah. seriously, Big Daddy All- Cool, <laughs> the Heartbreak Kid, King of Hearts, the Anvil, and Double J against... We've got one nickname in the opposing team. Yeah, the um, funny thing about Diesel is like, well, Diesel's obviously not his real name mm-hmm. so then he gets a nickname that's big daddy cool 
It's like, shouldn't yeah. he? Shouldn't he be like, you know, it's Kevin like, Nash, Diesel, <laughs> or Kevin Nash, Big Daddy Cool? Because like Diesel, and then you give him a nickname is kind of weird. It's like in the future with Triple H with the whole first he's Hunter Hearst Helmsley, then he's Triple H with just three H's, then uh-huh. he's Triple H with the word triple spelled. Yeah, H cubed. Yes, but you know, but then he's also. The Cerebral Assassin. The game. <laughs> Triple H. Forgot about Cerebral Assassin. That's a pretty good nickname. So the match gets going with the kid and Owen starting us off with nothing happening. One, as two, we three. see Fatu fumbling with a pair of boots on the outside. Can't get used to him. Mm-hmm. Nightheart comes in to use his power on 1-2-3, running him over. But the kid comes right back with a drop kick only for the anvil to hit a clothesline to take control. Double J comes in to lay it in with right hands, but is then sent to the corner, where he leaps up and over a charging 1-2-3 and begins to strut, only to eat a kick to the gut that sends Jarrett to the apron. Double J comes back into the ring with a slingshot sunset flip, but the kid moves, so Jarrett just goes splat (laughs) on the mat. Sione makes his way into the ring, trying for a big boot, only for Double J to duck, so the head shringer just picks him up for a gorilla press slam. Jarrett recovers with a throat thrust, coming off the top with a clothesline for a two count. Owen then comes in and calls out the bulldog, where they both work the arm, while the other flips out to counter. Until the King of Hearts flips out of a back suplex, goes for a drop kick, only to be caught by Davy Boy Smith, catapulting Owen into the turnbuckle, where the bad guys pummel him with right hands, before he walks into a bulldog press slam. Can't catch a break, but you can catch lots of fists. Davy Boy starts running the ropes and hits a sunset flip for two, followed by the King of Hearts hitting an Insiguri, allowing him to make the tag to Nightheart. Anvil joins Owen to double-team Davy Boy, but he comes back with a double clothesline on them before hitting a delayed vertical suplex on Nightheart. Fatu is tagged in, and he climbs to the top, coming in with a diving headbutt. But instead of making a cover, he is more concerned that he is having to wear boots, which allows the anvil to make a tag. I mean, he's been doing this for like 10 years without, without boots on. It's got to be weird. Double J then runs in, only for Fatu to hit a power slam before tagging in Razor and causing Jarrett to retreat to his corner, where HBK gives him some advice. Double J then hits an arm drag and starts to strut, before doing some mat wrestling and delivering some paintbrushes across the back of Ramon's head, which just pisses off the bad guy. I'm the kind of guy you want to piss off. Yeah. His name's the bad guy. (laughs) Jarrett locks on a side headlock, which Razor escapes by tossing Double J to the ropes, following after to hit a clothesline to knock Jarrett over to the floor. Ramon nails Diesel to antagonize him, but Michaels is able to calm Diesel down. Before Double J makes his way back into the ring, where he counters a back suplex from the bad guy, only to be caught with a fallaway slam. 1-2-3 tags in, and Razor fallaway slams him right into Jarrett to get a two count. But Double J comes back with a boot to the midsection, before locking on an abstress, using Sean as leverage, until the ref catches them, allowing the kid to reverse the hold, only for Jarrett to hip-toss 1-2-3 out to the floor to escape. Double J tries to bring the kid back in with a suplex, only for 1-2-3 to counter and try for a spinning heel kick, 
which Jarrett catches his boot, so the kid hits an enziguri to knock him down. You know, you catch catch one foot, eat the other. Fatu and Owen make their way into the ring, where the King of Hearts delivers a spinning heel kick, proceeds to smash his head into the turnbuckle, which causes Fatu to start dancing and start laying it in with headbutts to Owen. Well, he's got his dancing boots on now. His head's still impervious, but he can he can dance better with those shoes on. He's got a little bit more bounce in his step. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I popped for the dance. I was like, oh, he's already dancing here in 94. <clears throat> Just wait. The King of Hearts makes a blind tag to Diesel as he's sent to the ropes, coming back to hit a DDT before giving way to Big Daddy Cool delivers a clothesline and a jackknife powerbomb for the pin. Fatu is eliminated. 1-2-3 then comes in to deliver multiple drop kicks to Diesel. Goes up top and comes off with a sunset flip. But Big Daddy Cool stays up, grabs the kid by the throat, and <laughs> slams him down. With both hands, it's like a double choke slam. <laughs> it's great. Big Daddy Cool then delivers a jackknife powerbomb and puts a foot on the kid for the pin. Sean Waltman got buried a little bit. So one, two, three, kid is eliminated. Not that kid. Sione comes in with forearms, chops, and a clothesline, sends Diesel to the ropes only to telegraph a back body drop. So Big Daddy Cool picks him up and plants him with a jackknife powerbomb for the pin. <laughs> and Sione is eliminated. Wash, a bit of a running rinse, theme. repeat. Wash, <laughs> rinse, repeat. I mean, you know, Big Daddy Cool, you gotta get him over, man. He's a monster. <laughs> Davy Boy comes in with right hands and shoulder blocks in the corner, but Diesel hits a big boot to send the bulldog out to the floor. HBK's giving advice to Big Daddy Cool while the ref counts out Davy Boy, who is being attacked by Owen and Double J. So the British Bulldog is eliminated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, you can't jackknife and pin Bulldog. Come on. That's a little that's a little too much. Okay. Little that, too much. He's a big old boy. Razor then jumps in the ring and attempts a schoolboy roll up for a near fall. It's now Ramon versus the Teamsters, as he is hammering away on Diesel with right hands, delivers a second rope bulldog for the two point seven five count. Big Daddy Cool hits a short arm clothesline, snake eyes, and another clothesline to regain control. Sean's calling for the jackknife. Diesel goes for another Snake Eyes, only for the bad guy to slip out the back and shove Big Daddy Cool into the turnbuckle before attempting a Razor's Edge, which Diesel counters with a backdrop. Big Daddy Cool hits a big boot before delivering a jackknife powerbomb, but before he makes the pin, Michaels is yelling that he wants a tag. I mean, come on, get that heat, brother. Heartbreak Kid comes into the ring, telling Diesel to hold razor so he can deliver some sweet chin music but of course ramon is able to avoid causing big daddy cool to take the kick pissing diesel off all the teamsters jump in the ring to calm diesel down but he begins to just destroy them all trying to make his way to michael's hbk rolls out to the floor and makes his way to the back with all of them taking chase which causes the ref to count out the entire team. So Razor Ramon is your survivor. Being disqualification. I mean, the story is good, and the crowd was hot. They they were pissed at Michaels. You know, it accomplished what it wanted to accomplish. 
I mean, it kind of does, but then at the same time, it's like, why are you counting out the whole team? Because not all of them were tagged into the match at the same time. <laughs> I mean, Owen and and Double J were walking back to the ring at that time. Technically, it should have been like a 40 count. <laughs> hey, that's on the ref, though. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, so they, no, they, they were 15 minutes in, and we had something, we had, we had other places to go tonight. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't bury Razor, and they built up old BDC. Todd Pettengill catches up with Sean as he is trying to leave the building. And he says, I made that guy, and he treats me like that. I'm done with Big Daddy Cool. He takes his tag team belt, and he sees a trash can and just dumps it into it. Mm-hmm. Before speeding off in his car. And you would think you would see Diesel... All of a sudden, run out and to like catch up with the car. Yeah, yeah we they had said for that something too. about they had an update on Diesel. He's on his way. But and then we just seen <laughs> yeah. on the hotline in the back. Yeah, complaining so, to. So he stopped to, to Joe from answer, Iowa answer fans' questions. I guess. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm, yep. I don't know. Sean kicked me again, third time in a row. Like, yeah, yeah, I was going like, to kick his ass, but I want to stop and talk to you. Thanks for calling, Joe. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's too far gone. He's like, I'm, <laughs> I might be bigger, but he's faster. But yeah, it was fun to see a parking lot segment like that. Yeah. You know, they're not uh, as common. They will become at one point too common, but that they will. it was neat and kind of surprising here. We then go to our second match. Oh, do we have to? The royal family of Jerry the King Lawler. Cheesy, queasy, and sleazy mm, versus... Clowns are us of Doink, Dink, Pink, and Wink. Isn't it Blink? Mm-mm. No, it's blink. Pink. Pink? Pink. Pink with red hair. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, for some reason I heard uh, Blink, which is a better name, <laughs> I think. Pink. Weird. So the rules of this match are that Doink and Lawler can only face each other, mm-hmm. and they can't face the little guys. Yeah, we've seen it before, like WrestleMania 2, when one of the shows with the minis, which we have not seen minis on NWA show in a while. Yeah. That's the last time we saw them. Yeah, oh, wow. There's a, there's a common factor. <laughs> He'll show up later. So the big guys start us off as the crowd chants Burger King, where Doink hits an enziguri to knock the king down. What do they do? Like a Ronald chant? I guess Doink's over. But yeah, they're they're cheering for Ronald the clown and then booing Burger King. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess McDonald's wins tonight. <laughs> Lawler tries an enziguri of his own, but Doink ducks, causing the king to fall flat on his face. Doink begins to work the arm, and the little clowns all run in over Lawler to taunt the little kings, which bring them all in to run over the king as well. Oh, this is what we call um, comedy. Yes, mm. that's the word. I was one. I was, I was blanking. Yeah. <laughs> Lawler escapes, and he is upset with the little kings, yelling at them. The king then applies the same arm stretcher, so the little kings come in to run over Doink, but they just trip and fall over mm. each other. Oh, hey, comedy kings. works in threes. That was the third time they ran over. Oh, little kings. Uh, they had good sandwiches. I miss them. Oh, uh, I was when you said little kings, it made me think of uh, the 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 tiny beers. You ever had those? <laughs> uh-uh. They're like they come in like small bottles, like 
I've had the little airplane vodkas and stuff, oh, but yeah. I've never had tiny beers. It's a tiny beer. They call it, they're called <laughs> Little Kings, and it's like a cream, cheap cream ale or whatever, but they get cold really fast. When I was like, in like 21, me and my buddy would get a case, because you get a case of them, and it's like 24, and you get really cold. They, you could just get them, put them on ice and just like smash them and drink so many Little Kings. Yeah. Uh, little Kings in Nebraska was a, a sandwich place. I don't know where all they have them at, but when I was back in Nebraska this last time I saw one, I thought they had gone out of business, and it's like, oh my God! Yeah, you like, but I had just come from a wedding, so I wasn't hungry yet yeah well i don't know how long this sandwich is gonna hold up yeah. maybe next time doink escapes and body slams lawler several times with the little clowns jumping in the ring to make a pin as doink makes the count for the near fall catching each one as the king kicks out the royal family then does the same thing but lawler doesn't catch queasy causing him to fall on top of the king so one of the little clowns jumps in to make the count Doink's back to working the arm when Dink runs in and places a Burger King crown on Lawler's head, which just pisses him off. You think that... Burger I guess King Burger King was, was like, it's fine. Sponsor. Anybody saying our name on television is cool. Doink then places Dink on his shoulders. So Sleazy goes up to the top rope to climb on the King's shoulders. But Lawler has a worse idea. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. He tries to climb on top of Sleazy's shoulders, only to fall flat on his face again. The king gets Doink into a test of strength. When Cheesy tries to sneak in, only for Dink to cut him off, followed by multiple little guys running the ropes, where Dink and Pink deliver drop kicks to the little kings. Lawler then pulls out an F.O., nailing Doink with it before stuffing it back into his tights, allowing him to take control of the match. I love the idea of, like, an invisible foreign object. <laughs> where it's like, oh, we just never show it, and it's like, they just, like... You know, I could I could see uh, Jerry Lawler being good enough with a foreign object at this point in his career that he doesn't even he doesn't even need a real one. Yeah, it's probably you know sleazy or cheesy's fault. They were probably supposed to bring it with them. And <laughs> stupid little king just forgot it, so you know he had mm-hmm. to fake his way through it. Jerry starts choking Doink on the ropes and sending him into the little king's boots, but it backfires as Doink reverses the whip, sending the king into them. All the little guys are then running around the apron as Doink hits a back elbow in the ring before delivering a crossbody off the second rope, only for Lawler to roll through for the pin, and Doink is eliminated. Mm. He held the tights. Always. So, you guys remember what the rules of the match were? I do. Only little guys can pin little guys, and only big guys can pin big guys, so at this point, Jerry Lawler can only stand on the apron. And he can't lose. That's true. <laughs> so why do we what, continue? Why do we continue Maybe if this all match? three little guys pin him, it counts as one big guy. Or if he smacks a little king, then or or a clown, then he gets disqualified. Maybe, and then we're here for the yucks. Yeah, I mean, there's um, a whole lot of yuckiness. <laughs> yeah, and this is pretty gross. <laughs> And not just because uh, you, you people can see it as uh, not tasteful, just because it's not funny or very good. So the crowd kids, likes it. The kids are having a good time. Kids are having a good time. Mm, fucking kids. We're gonna work our way through the rest of this match. <laughs> it's WWF. It's for the children. Queasy and Dink start to battle with the little king working the arm, but Dink bites him on his booty to break it up. Lawler comes in to help, but he gets bit on the ass as well. Wink then takes Cheesy down by his goatee while Dink comes in off the top with a double axe handle. 
Dink follows up with a monkey flip, followed by Wink trying to do the same out of the royal family corner, but Lawler holds on to Cheesy, causing Wink to fall to the mat. And Cheesy makes the cover with some added leverage from Lawler for the pin. So Wink is eliminated. Pink comes in with some flippy stuff. So Lawler starts yelling at his guys to do the same, with Queasy trying it to no avail. Oh, poor little guy. Pathetic. Queasy hits a body slam before spinning him on his head, then goes to distract the ref, allowing Lawler and Cheesy to come into the ring, where the king splashes Cheesy on top of Pink for the pin. So Pink is eliminated, but he doesn't leave ringside and instead crawls under the apron. I mean, he is a little doink. So we got Dink versus everybody. But he's dominating Sleazy before giving a double noggin knocker to Queasy and Cheesy. Jesus, all these easies. Vertical suplex by Dink. Hits a top rope crossbody on Sleazy. Makes the cover, but Lawler comes in to break up the pin, which distracts the ref, allowing Queasy to run in and flip Sleazy on top of Dink for the pin... And the win. So the royal family are your survivors. We see Dink roll out of the ring and go under the apron as well. What's under that apron? So Lawler takes the mic saying he won the match all by himself. So his little kings need to quit celebrating. But they continue to do so behind his back. So the king just forces them out of the ring. The Little Kings continue to celebrate on the floor, so Lawler begins to chase them around ringside until they hit the aisle, where the Little Kings decide to put up a fight, right as the Little Clowns climb out from under the apron behind Jerry. Lawler then escapes from all of them down the aisle towards the locker room, where Doink shows up to splat a pie right into the King's face. You know, you gotta put an exclamation point at the end of... That long, comedically inclined paragraph. I was going to say comedically challenged. (laughs) Yeah, that's a much better word. Comedically challenged. Wow. Just, I was really hoping, I mean, I know it's not possible, but I can still hope 27 (laughs) years later. I was really hoping that the uh, clowns would, like, be merging together to form, like, a Power Rangers, like, Yeah, like a Voltron, yeah. Mega clown. Yeah. Yep. If this ended with like maybe all of the clowns coming together to do like a pyramid, and then one of the guys does like a moonsault off of the top of the yeah. pyramid onto Jerry Lawler, at that point I would be like, "Who cares about the bad comedy?" Yep. That Match was sick. The night right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but instead, no. we've got little Dink doing his. I will put say, him up, that put him up they went the out. Team. They went full pie. They didn't go Nickelodeon pie where it's just a. Whipped cream. Whipped cream on the, like, they, there was a crust. It wasn't um, a, just aluminum pan with whipped cream in it. So they did, you know, they, yeah, they made sure that it was... The day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Get those pies on sale. We go to Ted Pettengill, who sends us to some highlights of Bull Nakano winning the WWF Women's Championship in the Tokyo Dome. Bull then joins Todd and cuts a promo in Japanese, so absolutely no one understands... It's a pretty fun segment. Mm-hmm. And then Pettengill slows his rhythm of speech, <laughs> so that maybe she will understand his English. Oh, to all of you listening, 
Please don't do that don't to people. Don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever. It's like asking a deaf person if they're deaf. <laughs> Just don't do that. Mm-hmm. So the event that Nakano won, I kind of wanted to mention something about it because I thought it was super interesting. It was a 10-hour event featuring 23 matches with representatives from several different Japanese promotions. I mean, like, talk about a super show. Damn. <laughs> 10 yeah. hours. In one day. In one day. Gearing damn. up for those late, later in life WrestleManias. The thing must have started at like noon. Uh, had to have. <laughs> that's, still pretty, that's still pretty ballsy to damn. go to midnight. To land of the rising sun. Yeah. Start at 6.42. <laughs> I mean, you know. Might as well. If, you, if I got watched 10 hours of wrestling, I'd want to be home early. As early as I could. So we're headed to our third match. Mr. Bob Backlund with the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Versus Brett, the Hitman Hart. With the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. In a submission match for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. So there's a little bit of a story behind this match. Bob Backlund never lost the title. Exactly. Sorry. All the way back in 1983. Spoilers. I just love that. I I always love that trope. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. I love when people think, oh, we can use this as a story. Continuity, guys. We love it. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. If only they had known what the future would hold. So, Brett would offer Bob a shot on an episode of Raw, where Mr. Backlund thought he had won the match but the ref had not called for the bell, allowing the hitman to roll up Bob. Brett would then try to shake Mr. Backlund's hand after the match, but something just snapped in him, and he would lock on the cross-faced chicken wing. And that leads us to this match. They're starting to use projection in the ring. Yeah, we've seen it a couple of times, but now it's like everybody's Thank you, Million Dollar Man. So I want to say his was first. This yeah, some dollar, dollar bill, money yeah. ink graphic spinning in the ring. Okay, I was like, I saw it, and I was like, is this the first time we've seen this? We but have it, seen it before, but it seems like there's like one for like every match almost. Yeah, they got they, they bought some new gels or whatever. You, whatever you <laughs> they didn't put people's names up this year, so they went for that. That's where all the money went. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was a projection of the championship belt being shown in the ring as the competitors make their way to the ring, and the only way to win this match is for the corner person of the other man to throw in the towel. Is one of them going to be a loaded towel? Might just be. (laughs) We see Stu and Helen Hart at ringside, as usual, to watch their son. As the match gets going, Bob runs right into a body slam and multiple arm drags that send Mr. Backlund out to the floor to get started. Bob rolls in to receive a headbutt that sends Mr. Backlund back out to the floor only for the bulldog to toss him right back into the ring. Weird. Is it weird to see Bret Hart do a headbutt? No. no okay. So he does does them quite often. Okay. I was just 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 thinking aloud. I'm just noticing now. I don't remember seeing Stu and Helen during the opening match. Why didn't they show them when Owen was wrestling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're on the outs. Favoritism much? They just got there. He wished you happy Father's Day. They were in catering. <laughs> they they uh, they That's ate all. Where they, were. <laughs> they ate all but one pie. They had to save one for Doink. Hitman with another body slam, elbow drop, rope assisted bulldog before applying a side headlock, which Bob side suplexes out of, only for Brett to come right back with elbows and a leg drop before going back to wearing down Mr. Backlund. 
Vince tells us that there was a poll on the hotline, and 79% of the fans feel the cross-faced chicken wing is a better hold than the sharpshooter. Uh-oh. <laughs> cool. Sure. I believe that. Impartial seven. impartial uh, poll. <laughs> chicken wing or sharpshooter? Sharpshooter. It's Bret Hart. Cross chicken wing or sharpshooter? Oh, cross-faced chicken, chicken wing is a great name for a move. I love me some chicken wings. You want the chicken wing? Yeah. Oh, this one's 50-50. You can't eat a sharpshooter. You, you can eat chicken wings. It's the chicken wing. Yeah. I do the chicken wing to people still to this day. <laughs> it's a great move, and it actually works. I think it is a great move. I just think I mean, that, I used to put people in sharpshooters, but... I just don't believe that the sharpshooter... Like, this, the vote is real. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> If anything, it's because 79% of them have never seen a chicken wing until Bob Backlund showed back up. And it's like, hey, this is new. Yeah, 10 years later. Hitman continues to maintain control with different headlocks, with Bob continuously trying to escape and lock on the cross-faced chicken wing, only for Brett to escape and just go back to a headlock. Mr. Backlund makes it back to his feet to attempt the cross-face again, but Hitman counters into a back into a belly-to-belly suplex, then goes for the sharpshooter, only to be kicked off. Brett applies a front chancery, so Bob grabs a leg to escape, only for Hitman to reverse it into an ab stretch, which Mr. Backlund powers out of with a hip toss. Bob goes for a body slam, but his legs give, causing Brett to land on top for a cover, and the ref just looks at Brett like, it's a submission match, remember? (laughs) No pinfall. Best there is, was, ever will be, huh? Mm. So everybody gets to forget. Yep. Hitman continues with a body slam and heads up to the second rope for an elbow drop. But Mr. Backlund moves in time and begins to work the arm, locking on a Fujiwara armbar before segueing into a wrist lock. Gotta wear it down, man. Tenderize that wing, buddy. (laughs) Brett frees himself momentarily, but Bob forces him out to the floor, where Owen gets in his face allowing Mr. Backlund to sneak up from behind to try for the cross-faced chicken wing, only for the hitman to turn in time. Back into the ring, the two men bump heads for a double KO, with Bob making it to his feet first to continue to work the arm with an armbar. Brett delivers a body slam, but Mr. Backlund holds onto the arm to further the punishment. So the hitman then delivers a neckbreaker, only for Bob to still hold onto the arm, stomping on it, before switching to a leg key lock. He's not letting go, man. The vice grip, Bob Backlund. Brett finally escapes to hit an inverted atomic drop. Applies a figure four in the middle of the ring. Mr. Backlund is screaming in pain, yelling at Owen to throw the towel in. But the King of Heart refuses. He's not even holding it. He he hasn't even picked it up. It's just sitting there (laughs) and you just look at it. He's like, no, we're not doing this. But Bob eventually reverses the hold. The hitman reverses the hold back over, but they are close enough to the ropes for Mr. Backlund to grab him to break the hold. Brett continues to work on the legs of Bob, who stumbles when he tries to walk. So the hitman goes back to the figure four, only for Mr. Backlund to forearm himself free. I love that he said, Gorilla says, the lateral collateral ligaments. Oh, gorilla. I think that he should teach, uh, like, high school anatomy. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Would you stop? (laughs) That sounds like one of my teachers. Bob gains control of the match after he delivers a pile driver, 
He goes for the chicken wing, but Brett makes the ropes to break the hold. And that pile driver looks like he, looks like he caught it. <laughs> There's a, a tight one. Mr. Backlund with a swinging neckbreaker sends the hitman to the corner, charging in, only for Brett to move, sending Bob into the post, shoulder first. Posted. Mr. Backlund with a shot to the gut and goes for another pile driver, but the hitman counters with a back body drop, tries for a roundhouse right, only for Bob to duck and lock on a sleeper. Brett then uses his momentum to send Mr. Backlund's head into the top turnbuckle before they start to run the ropes and into each other for a double KO. The hitman begins to fire up with a pile driver, bulldog, Russian leg sweep, before applying the sharpshooter. Owen jumps in the ring, but the bulldog begins to give chase, with the referee stopping Davy Boy, allowing the King of Hearts to deliver a bulldog of his own to free Bob. Boo! It's not nice. It's your brother. The bulldog starts giving chase once again, but Owen ducks, sending Davy Boy right into the steel steps, knocking him out. Davy Boy sells this like a champ. Yep. His head connects to the point where I like legitimately thought, like, was like, oh, maybe, maybe he did get wonky, but he just lays there dead for a while because what's about to happen goes on for a little longer than maybe it should. Yeah, a little bit. Brett wanders over, starts yelling at the King of Hearts, which allows Mr. Backlund to lock on the cross-face chicken wing. It's the cross-face chicken wing. Owen is checking on the bulldog, and then he starts saying, I'm sorry, Brett. I'm sorry. As the hitman begins to fade, as Bob gets his legs wrapped around Brett as well. The hitman finally starts to make it back to his feet. But Mr. Backlund just reapplies the leg scissors to take them both down to the mat. The King of Hearts, he's crying at ringside. I mean, Owen Hart is so good. Mm-hmm. He's got Vince convinced, saying this is the real Owen Hart. The King of Hearts then goes over to Stu and Helen, pleading with them to throw in the towel to save his brother. He's my brother. He's my brother. He's my brother. Yeah. I didn't want this to happen. He's my brother. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to break his arm. Because the, the ref is even in the ring going, I can't stop it until someone throws in a towel. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> we told you ahead of time. <laughs> That's the rules. Oh, Helen. Owen's crying, I didn't mean for this to happen. As we reach about five minutes in the hold. Yeah, people are chanting, let's go, Brett. Brett, uh, Brett's not let's going. That's, uh, <laughs> that's some serious chicken wing going on there. Uh-huh. The King of Hearts then gives the towel to Helen, telling her to toss it into the ring. She's thinking about it. But Stu just grabs it away, refusing his wishes. Yep. I mean, he's, he's like, this is, what we, this is why we had the dungeon. I stretched that boy for hours. I would have laughed if he would have just turned his head to the ring. Like, Mom, Brett, shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts <laughs> calling him expletives from the side. You're making your mom's <laughs> teeth cry. After a few more minutes of pleading and begging, even Owen moves the guardrail so that the hearts can get closer. Helen finally grabs the towel back. And throws it into the ring. She rips it from Stu. Tosses it in before he can do anything. My baby! 
Mr. Bob Backlund is the winner. <laughs> and new! I mean, this was a huge shock to me. I was like, oh, they're going to be like, oh, well, Davy Boy has to throw it in or something. Mm-hmm. Nope. Just someone. Is Brett injured? I mean, I guess we'll get to this later. I'm giving the show back to you, Matt. But it blew my mind. I was not ready for this. Post-match, the King of Hearts grabs the towel and runs to the back with it in victory as Bob is presented the title. (laughs) Officials then help Brett to the back while Mr. Backlund celebrates in the ring, all while no one has come to check on the Bulldog at ringside at all. (laughs) He's, he's still waiting he's, there. He's, yeah, he's only the son-in-law. That's right. Brother-in-law. It's he's not, not even their favorite daughter. He, he's not blood. <laughs> uh, I really wanted the uh, <laughs> the clowns and the kings to come out from under the ring again. <laughs> they, they come in and they, and they pick up Davy Boy and just take him under the ring. <laughs> oh, That would be so funny. That would um, be great. See? Uh, Vince McMahon says, I, and I'm like, so I was like, well, maybe they're just doing this to mirror reality which wrestling likes to do sometimes but he's talking about how george foreman just um, yeah. did the same thing at the same age so like, yeah i was, came I was back at 45 and like won a title yeah he he beat holyfield for the belt i believe so i was like are they just copying real life shit was that the whole reason put to put this on back see honestly i thought they were going for uh we're gonna make fun of wcw we're gonna have some old guy be our champion because you know Bob Backlund's still the guy pretty who good. He's the not Rick Flair. Sheik that got the belt to Hogan. They're gonna bring him back and put the belt on him and act like Hogan never even existed. <laughs> but I don't think that's where they were going exactly. I think they just needed to get the belt off of Brett so they could continue the yep. Brett Owen storyline without the belt being the, the, the yeah the thing. Yeah, because he can't have because after that was the last match that Owen could have for yeah. the belt. That makes sense, uh, but it was I, it was a surprising thing to happen. I mean, I know Taker is always going to be like the last match, so it's like, oh well, there's a Taker match, but uh, but at the same time, spoiler alert, the Brett Owen stuff kind of fades off after this. It's, it's also kind of, one of those it's kind things. Of the last time that they really are feuding. It seems like that. Yeah, after the cage match, it's like, well, where do you really go? Yeah. Like this is a place to go, but like it honestly, if Brett just won. That'd be fine. But, like I said, I don't know where, where we go from here, so that's at least something that I am We might interested. talk about where, where we're headed a okay. little bit later. Okay, sure. all right, cool. So we then go to the back, Todd Pettengill's there with Owen Hart, and the King of Hearts has the most mischievous smile on his face, saying, of course it was a setup. Mom and Dad fell right into my trap. You're a loser. Brett, you are not a champion anymore. He didn't say loser. He says loser. <laughs> and I'm a king. And the worst part about this is, as you can tell, he's reading cue cards the yep, entire time because those icy blue eyes just keep darting over. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't drugs. We promise. It was cue cards. We go back to Vince and Gorilla talking about Owen and. They say they feel betrayed and sick to their stomach. He's a creep. They're a disgusted. First class. Just disgusted. They're completely dejected. They're selling it really well. Uh-huh. They're like uh, he Bobby Heenan selling it. He like, fooled me. Yeah. They were, yeah. They legitimately looked sad. Like Vince legitimately, some of some some quality acting that foreshadows uh, how good he really can be on the other side of the camera. So we head to our fourth match. The Million Dollar Corporation of Tatanka, Bam Bam Bigelow, 
King Kong Bundy and the heavenly bodies of Jimmy Del Rey and Dr. Tom Pritchard. I'm always happy to see those two boys. Back for their Survivor Series yearly appearance. <laughs> With the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase versus Guts and Glory of Lex Luger, Mabel, Adam Bomb, and the Smoking Guns of Bart and Billy Gunn with Oscar. Mm -hmm. So we haven't seen King Kong Bundy since Survivor Series 1987. Uh, he's still big as ever. Yeah, and you know, to celebrate his return, they brought out the little people for... <laughs> yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Con Bundy was like, I'll do it. <laughs> But I want a mini match because he just thinks that, that like little people are the funniest thing on the planet. And Vince is like, "Oh, I also think that's the funniest thing on the planet." <laughs> game, game on. That was all the way back in episode thirteen. Damn. The Heavenly Bodies, like you mentioned, Survivor Series '93, which was episode one hundred six. Adam Bomb, we haven't seen him since WrestleMania ten. Now he's a good guy. Huh? Episode one thirteen, and the Smoking Guns. Since one of those Raws that we covered on August 1st, 1994, which was episode 125. That's right. Oh, they made a yeah. Oh, Adam Bomb and the guns are used so intermittently. I understand why uh, Del Rey and um, Pritchard are, because they're Smoky Mountain guys. So it's like, oh, they're just, you know, a favorite of Corny. Yep. yep. So dollar bills are projected onto the map this time, while the corporation's coming to the ring. Dollar bills with a wonderful face. Of one Ted DiBiase. And Bam Bam leads a rally cry of with his teammates of money. money. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear Bam Bam sing the million dollar uh, theme song. Hmm. I'd say I'd love to hear you sing the million dollar man theme song. <laughs> but I think I might want to hear you sing something else. We'll get there though. Oh my god, yeah. look. There's a book right there that says Adam Bomb. Mm, that one's about World War II though. Pulling us right in. <laughs> So the match gets started between Luger and Tatanka, where the Native American quickly fires up with tomahawk chops and turnbuckle smashes, when Lex starts no-selling knife-edge chops. But a boot allows Tatanka to hit a snap suplex, only for Luger to no-sell that and pop right up, flex, and hit a bulldog. And, you know, we're picking up uh, picking up on a feud. Mm -hmm. It might be Tatanka and Lex Luger, but it's still something that's been happening. Multiple running clotheslines to the Native American sending to the outside. Clothesline to Del Rey before press slamming Pritchard onto Bigelow. Bundy then steps into the ring, which brings Mabel in as well. Oh, snap. So King Kong just backs his way back to the apron. Mabel stays in the ring with Dr. Tom, catching Pritchard trying for a crossbody, dumping him down to the mat before trying for an elbow drop which Dr. Tom avoids. Is Dr. Tom a real doctor? I'm trying to remember. I think so. Okay. I mean, he's a, a doctor of wrestling. He's ringonomics? A, yeah, he's a, he's a ringonomics for sure. He's a, <laughs> he's a trainer who's trained a lot of guys that, uh, you know, went on to varying degrees of success. I definitely I mean, don't it might be him. like sports therapy, like doctor of sports therapy <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. like he's that. Definitely, yeah. um, he's definitely the more professional. He's uh, more of a doctor than Dr. Death, though, yeah. right? He's the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's the most he's not honest doctor, of the like Pritchard Dr. family. A yeah, He's the better Pritchard. He is, actually. Even though he annoys me a lot of time with his little hair. Oh, you just don't like his flips. haircut? No, not, not oh, his haircut. The way he's always trying to flip it. fluff up his hair as he's trying to look sexy in the ring. It's like, dude, 
We gotta... Nothing's going to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't get to pick your face, brother. Like, uh, you need to stand behind Billy Gunn and then, you know, fluff his hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, Bart, been... Bart's the better looking of the guns. Yeah. Both, both, both handsome men. Keyless talk. And but, uh, you know, there's a reason why they are. Or I guess they are the faces. They were heels originally. No, they're, they're never mind. They're the heels. Duh. The heavenly bodies? Yeah, the yeah. heavenly bodies, yeah. It's like, yeah, it would be weird for them to be faces. Okay, I actually don't see anything about why he's... Like, I've always just called him Dr. I've always it's heard him called Dr. Tom. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure why either. It might be like a earlier... Uh, who knows? Either way. Watch is going to be like... He's, we've decided here, he's the doctor... He's doctored up all of our cocktails he, back he, in the day. If you guys know why he's called Dr. Tom, email us or find us on Twitter yeah, and let us know. Maybe he supplied everybody with their quote-unquote medication mm, back in the day. There you go. <laughs> we know who that was. That, one, that one's well-documented. He's the doctor of Reaganomics. Better, much better than Reaganomics. Pritchard with a knee drop, but then runs into a back body drop, followed by a second rope crossbody for the pin. So Dr. Tom Pritchard is eliminated. Sorry, Doc. Jimmy Del Rey then comes in with drop kicks, only then to eat a boss man slam from Mabel. So he rolls to his corner, tagging Bundy. The two big men have a shoulder block battle until Mabel ducks a clothesline and hits a shoulder block that sends King Kong back to his corner. Bam Bam makes his way into the ring where Mabel dominates him with right hands. Ducks an insiguri from Bigelow followed by delivering a spinning heel kick of his own. Spinning heel kick. <laughs> Mabel heads up top, but Bam Bam meets him to, to press slam him off to the mat, before heading up top himself to come off with a sunset flip, only for Mabel to stay up and squish down. And damn, he, like... That looks painful with Mabel falling down on anybody but for some reason watching him drop down on bam bam i guess because bam bam has yeah kind of a, a higher stomach yeah. when yeah. he's laying down that mabel it just was, looked like he was gonna just mabel didn't adjust for inflation no <laughs> and then he fell <laughs> mabel then clotheslines bigelow that takes both of them over the ropes to the floor that's a hefty 360 yep with the big man hitting the apron with his head as Vince is showing a replay, Bam Bam makes his way back into the ring as the ref makes the 10 count. And Mabel is eliminated by countout. Uh, it looks like he just hurt his head and they were like, all right, buddy, we, they we're taking you back. You're seeing stars. Yep. yep there he went. Yep. <laughs> <Huh>. Good joke. <laughs> yeah. Fucking 10 comedy points. Billy comes in to go after Bigelow, drop kicking him towards his corner to bring in Del Rey who comes in only for Billy to hit him with a back elbow. But Jimmy, with a rake of the eyes, followed by a thrust kick, sends him going for a jackknife pin, only for Billy to bridge up and turn Delray over for a backslide for a two-count. Adam, Bomb, and Bigelow meet in the middle, with Adam hitting a drop-toe hold and right hands. But Bam Bam hits an eye rake and tries for a vertical suplex, which Adam Bomb floats over and goes for an O'Connor roll, only for Bigelow to hold onto the ropes. Adam charges in, which Bam Bam sidesteps, sending Adam Bomb tumbling over the ropes to the floor. But he returns immediately with a slingshot clothesline before hitting multiple clotheslines and a body slam. Adam starts to run the ropes when Bundy gets a forearm to his back from the apron, allowing Bigelow to hit a bulldog, followed by a moonsault for the pin. And Adam Bomb is eliminated. I mean, it'd be so so evil for mm -hmm. Adam Bomb to... Him, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, it totally would. 
I'm wondering if uh, Adam Baum is missing those glowing eye contacts that he used to have. Oh, yeah. That would have been the source of all of his power. <laughs> the radiation has faded. <laughs> Luger runs in to try and cradle up Bam Bam as he celebrates for a two count. Lex then punches Bigelow back into his corner where he tags in Del Rey, who comes in immediately with a thrust kick, drops a knee, and chokes Luger. Jimmy keeps up the attack when Lex hits a running forearm out of nowhere for the pin. And Jimmy Del Rey is eliminated. That loaded loaded elbow. Tatanka attacks from behind, sending Luger to his corner, where Bart tags in, coming in to hit an atomic drop, body slam, and a drop kick for a near fall. Is Adam Bomb's finisher just an atomic drop? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. You'd think it would be. I mean, that'd be a silly, a silly finish, but that's funny. <laughs> I figure it's probably some kind of powerbomb. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I gotta look. It's not important. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking of that. Oh, it's important. We have to know. <laughs> who, who, who knows if he ever won anything? I mean, I'm pretty sure Brian Clark's finisher when he was... The Adam chronic. Smasher. Originally a regular powerbomb. He had to change it to a pump handle version when Diesel started using it as his finisher. Pump handle's cooler. That's right. I do remember seeing him do the pump handle powerbomb. Yep. That is cooler. I love a pump handle. <laughs> I love pump handle anything. See? Aren't you glad we looked it up? Yeah, I am. <laughs> the guns with a double-team Russian leg sweep. Then with quick tags in and out to work over the Native American. Billy hits a body slam and a knee drop before tagging in Bart to make the cover for a two count. Billy's back in with a drop kick. Bart with a monkey flip for a near fall, and they team up for a sidewinder, which is Bart has to Tonka in a backbreaker position with Billy hitting a leaping leg drop. Pretty cool. For a near fall. Bart then tries for a crucifix, but the Native American catches him to drop him with the end of the trail for the pin. And oh. Bart Gunn is eliminated. Dun, dun, dun. Billy comes in to retaliate onto Tonka with a clothesline, Gunn and Lex team up to work over the arm. Billy with a hip toss power slam. And Luger with a body slam and elbow drop. The Native American is sent to the ropes by Gunn and catches him leapfrogging to hit a desperation power slam before making a tag to Bundy, who misses an elbow drop on his way into the ring. You had one job, King Kong Bundy. <laughs> Billy hammers away only for King Kong to reverse an Irish whip following in with an avalanche splash and an elbow drop for the pin. Billy Gunn is eliminated. Well, I mean, you know, he was good on his word, I guess. Yep. It's three on Lex as the Million Dollar Man laughs from ringside <laughs> and the crowd chants USA. Tatanka starts to make his way into the ring as Bundy stares down Luger. I love that they chant USA at Lex Luger when there's a Native American in the ring, Bam Bam Bigelow, who's... <laughs> Clearly from New Jersey, and King Kong Bundy, who, uh, I don't know where he's from. Yeah, but none but... of them have red, white, and blue trunks on. Hey, Bam Bam has red and blue somewhere on his gear, or <laughs> on his one's tattoos or something. Yeah, the tattoo's blue, his jumpsuit's red. <laughs> he's white. <laughs> Lex starts to go after Tatanka, allowing King Kong to attack from behind. Bam Bam and Bundy send Luger to the corner before Bigelow charges in, only for Lex to move followed by charging out to clothesline Bundy, which allows Bam Bam to tag out. Tatanka jumps in the ring, only to be clotheslined as well, and Luger makes the cover on him for a near fall. 
Lex is running the ropes, hits a sunset flip on the Native American. But as Tatanka is falling, he tags Bigelow back in to hit a vertical suplex. The corporation's working together to keep up the attack with knee drops, tomahawk chops, and headbutts. The Native American hits a power slam for a two count before dropping several elbows and signals for the end. Goes to pick him up, only for Luger to cradle up Tatanka for the pin. And Tatanka is eliminated. Dummy. But Bundy comes right in with an avalanche splash in the middle of the ring for the pin. And the win. So King Kong Bundy and Bam Bam Bigelow are your survivors. Post-match, the corporation keeps up the attack. As the Native American hits the end of the trail, Bam Bam with a falling headbutt and King Kong with a falling fist. Triple threat. The smoking guns and atom bomb run out all of a sudden to clear the ring, followed by the heavenly bodies coming down only for Mabel to make his way out to lay them out at ringside before officials are able to calm everyone down. Hey, guys. It's over. Match is over. Though. That's right. Yeah. You all got pinned before he did, so just get out of there. Go have a drink. Eat some turkey. Yeah. Maybe a Paloma. Exactly. <laughs> we go to the back, and Todd Pettengill is there with Mr. Bob Backlund. Bob says... I've been the champion since 1978, and I reclaimed my belt tonight. I'm going to scrutinize, homogenize, pasteurize, and synchronize the WWF back into morality. You're a little early. Now your children have someone to emulate, and I feel like God. I forgot to mention earlier how awesome I loved uh, his little screaming in the ring after his match when he got the belt. It was like almost Cactus Jack-ish. Yes. I mean, uh, like Bob's promo here makes no sense, but he is all in on it. Mm -hmm. So that's all it takes for a good promo is for you to believe it. Exactly. Look at the warrior. (laughs) Exactly. He's talking about like, yeah, like gods and alien that like rides a motorcycle that's made out of clouds and i'm not one to harp on people's appearances but bob's bottom teeth <laughs> the top. scary as fuck because the top ones the had top. clearly been replaced by some sort of a fake piece and the bottom ones just look like somebody had chiseled away at them like he was chewing on gravel since 1978 <laughs> yeah. yeah so a fun little side note about mr bob Backlund. he would face diesel Three days later, at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. be powerbombed mm-hmm. and lose the title in eight seconds. Yep. So, put it on a heel, get it off Brett, put it on a guy that just turned babyface. Yep. Checks out. What is, what is this, wrestling? <laughs> End the year, putting the belt on the guy that they were cheering for at mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble Yeah, when Brett, he yeah. almost got fired. Yeah, Brett didn't actually lose. I mean, he lost, but he didn't, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't give up. So we head to our fifth match. Yokozuna with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji versus The Undertaker with Paul Bearer in a casket match with Chuck Norris as the special outside enforcer. Chuck's like... Chuck's definitely a step up from Leslie Nielsen. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Chuck Norris looks great here. His outfit is incredible, but it's like, what are you going to do? You're wearing a bunch of denim. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. It's not very mobile. Have you seen Walker Texas Ranger? I have. He does lots of stuff with denim on. <laughs> it's not today, like all like how most denim is like fifty percent like elastic at this point. And if WCW can have you know the star of Thunder and Paradise on their programming, then by golly, <laughs> we're gonna have Walker Texas Ranger on ours. That's right. <laughs> Man, I yeah, it makes me want to load up a uh, YouTube of like all the Conan Walker. Uh, clips, you remember that when uh, Conan O'Brien had like the lever that would play like a selected clip uh, from I remember Walker, watching that once. Yeah, yeah. It, he did it. It was great. He though. did it a handful through the years, but there's the the most famous one. The one I remember the most is the one where the little kid says, "Walker, I have AIDS." <laughs> it's really fucked up. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really really messed up. It's like, what are we doing here? Out of context, funny. <laughs> real life, not funny. So both men are in the ring, and Taker does his cutthroat taunt, which just spooks Yoko, knocking him down to the mat in fear. Yoko is terrified, because he, 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 he killed this man, and he's back from the dead. He then tries to run away, only for the dead man to catch up with him and begin the attack. Bazuna reverses a whip and charges into a corner with a splash, which the Undertaker no-sells and stalks after Yokozuna. Taker sends Yoko towards the ropes where the casket is. A casket glow up for sure. It's got the cool Undertaker like anim- like uh, illustration on the co- on the cover, the top. The lid. The lid. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Bazuna puts on the brakes, only for the dead man to hit him with right hands to knock him on top of the box. Undertaker is pulled to the outside by his feet, but he recovers to slam Yokozuna's head into the still steps. And continues to stalk him around ringside. I mean, Yokozuna, I guess he's Japanese. He's not, um, he's not, he's Simone in real life. But you would think, just maybe, out of habit, he wouldn't feel those steps on his head. Mm-hmm. Back into the ring, Taker continues to dominate, hitting old school. But Yoko doesn't go down and catches the dead man running the ropes with a Samoan drop. Only for Undertaker to sit right up. Zuna puts him back down multiple times with a clothesline, headbutts, but Taker just keeps sitting up. Yokozuna gets him down again and calls for the casket to be opened, but a jawbreaker across the top rope knocks Yoko backwards. The dead man comes in to try for an elbow drop, but Zuna avoids, only for the Undertaker to sit right up again. Yokozuna hits a uranagi and a leg drop, asking for the casket to be opened, rolling Taker into it. Oh my god, he's in the casket! But the dead man prevents the lid from being closed, dragging Yoko into the casket as well. They're fighting in the casket! Until Mr. Fuji breaks it up by pulling Undertaker's hair. Ooh, I was laughing at first too, because the uh, referee, like he's trying to close it on Undertaker's head before you know he fought back. Taker starts stalking after Fuji. When Cornette tries to come to his rescue, only to eat an uppercut. Back into the ring, Zuna hits a body slam before knocking the dead man out to the floor, following out to toss him into the steps. I love the camera goes on Corny flat on his back with his arms out, and he's like sticks his like tongue out and makes his eyes go in a circle like a fucking Looney Tune cartoon. Small tweet tweet. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. The two men head back inside, where Yokozuna begins to choke the Undertaker with the ropes. But then the two men start trading hands. 
until Yoko reverses an Irish whip, only to telegraph a back body drop, allowing Taker to whiplash Zuda down to the mat. The dead man heads up top, coming off with a clothesline, and calls for the casket to be opened, and starts to roll Yokozuna towards it. It's a slow roll. It's a big Yoko. King Kong Bundy then starts to come down the aisle, but Chuck Norris stares him down. Followed by Bam Bam Bigelow doing the same. That's a lot of some big boys. They're keeping their distance, but it isn't because they're scared. It's all a distraction as IRS comes through the crowd, jumping in the ring to nail the Undertaker from behind, ramming his head into multiple turnbuckles and applying a sleeper. Erwin. Shyster drops Taker into the casket before escaping back out through the crowd, while Yoko flops his way around the ring trying to get to the casket. He just needs to close it. But right as he does, the dead man reaches up, grabbing Zuna by the throat. Jeff Jarrett then all of a sudden comes storming down the aisle, and he gets a crescent kick from Chuck for his troubles. It's not that high of a, of a kick. Um, that's what I'm saying, the denim, the cowboy boots. Maybe they fixed it in post on Walker. Uh, it's enough to make him get back up from that kick and <laughs> run away in fear. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the ring, the Undertaker is staggering Yokozuna with uppercuts before hitting a leaping clothesline and a DDT. Yoko gets back to his feet where the dead man kicks him out through the ropes Big and boot. right into the casket. Undertaker then rips the Japanese flag out of Fuji's hands. God, snaps it like a toothpick. Before tossing it into the casket, slamming the lid shut for the win. <sighs> and the crowd goes wild. I mean... The fervor in which he snaps it in half and launches it into the casket is pretty exciting. Like, pull my fucking hair again, I dare you. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was hot because Fuji, uh, yeah, because Fuji's a bit of a trickster. And then Taker must pose as Vince says his goodbyes. I do love me a good Taker pose. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the, they turn the lights out for Taker, purple, you get the lightning, Ooh. like, yes, all of that. Yeah. I do have one sad note. Stop it. This is the last pay-per-view that Gorilla Monsoon, as a commentator. Okay, I thought you were about to say he like died. I was like, no, he didn't, no. He didn't die this young. Boo. Man, I'm glad we had him there for... I, I was just excited that he was on the show. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's, it's Gorilla. But boo for the... We aren't going to hear his voice on commentary... Ever again. And he's yeah. good. He's still really good with Vince, but it doesn't really get any better than Bobby and Gorilla. But we all know that. Like, that is the voice of WWF uh, until, you Jim know, it be- until it becomes Jim Ross and, like, Lawler. Uh, but that's totally a different kind of thing, different kind of product. Those guys weren't talking about puppies. Their jokes were, ar- jokes, jokes were ar- arguably funnier, <laughs> even though I think Lawler is really good on the mic. I guess Hina did kind of somewhat talk about puppies in a way. I mean, he didn't use the word puppies. He just yeah. talked about how beautiful and Yeah, he was less crude. Yeah, he was less crude. He left a little bit more to the well, imagination. Well, there was less puppies to talk about as well. Too. Yeah. There's just Miss Elizabeth and Sherry, basically. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Survivor Series 1994? I was really surprised that basically all the heels won until the last match. Well, Razor won the first match. Yeah, he did. He he did, but it was he's a bad guy. But he, 
Yeah. He won, but he didn't win in a triumphant way. No. It was just a DQ or whatever, but like, though, yeah, I just thought that was kind of weird for the whole card to be like that with the exception of Taker, who is obviously looks like a heel, but hasn't been a heel since like basically two months after he started over here. Because everyone was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, this is awesome. <laughs> and you're going to make him win all the time? <laughs> like, of course we're cheering this guy. But I, I was kind of the most surprising to me outside of Brett's laws. But I think the show, while not particularly top of... It's not great, but it, I found it really easy to watch. Yeah. It was easily digestible. <laughs> with the exception of... The comedy match that went too long and was not funny enough. Was it funny at all? Uh, no. <laughs> like, maybe. It's funny if you're seven. Perhaps. However, I'm not you're seven. You're seven or, I'd say, however the old... I'm seven a couple of times. McMahon was here, but... <laughs> Vince McMahon is seven years he's old. He's barely older than I am in this thing, I think, at the moment. Um, not too sure. Kind of the same. Good, not great. It had its... its share of fun moments it had some a little bit of uh, yeah i mean for it continued every single match kind of continued a feud whether it was no matter depending on whether it was some feuds hotter than others some starting some not that interesting tatanka and luger some hot but you know it's like oh well yeah the owen and brett thing it's like oh you just all you did like we watched it, and then after it was over, it was as hot as it's ever been, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got a lot of good moments in it. I mean, you or a lot of moments that are building up storyline-wise. You know, little, little seeds and nuggets that are dropped throughout the entire thing or finishing up with ones that have been carrying on. Yeah, I, yeah. I would... I'd say watch it if you... It feels like a transition show. Like, it feels important in the grand scheme of WWF history, but it's not a barn burner. No. But it feels like it's it feels like it's a, they're they're heading somewhere. I which is a good the, feeling. The the Bret Hart and Bob Backlund match still to this day. Because I remember watching it a few times back in the day and I mean it holds up over time. Yeah, those two guys are of a equal size. It's and yeah, it's better like we don't want to see Brett be Hogan against like King Kong Bundy. We don't Brett doesn't we don't want to see Brett against monsters like that. If he's needs if he's going to have a guy that's bigger than him, we need him to be athletic. If not somebody like Bob Backlund who's around his same size and he has a he has a submission move. Yep. Yeah. So usually for Survivor series, especially when they do the team elimination matches, we gripe about those quite a bit. At least me and Michael do. Mm-hmm. Shane, I have my Shane, fair Shane, likes, yeah. Shane likes the Survivor Series and way more than we do. When he explained why he liked it, because he's like, oh, well, on the weekly shows, you saw a lot of like jobbers and stuff, so seeing everybody in the ring together was exciting. I understand that completely, but for me watching just these bigger shows, yeah. I'm not. it's not as exciting to me Absolutely. Um, in hindsight, but I get it. This one, there's five matches. So I broke it down. Basically, each match is twenty percent of the show. I enjoyed eighty-two percent of this show. That's a good. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that the two percent. I mean, you know that it's the Lawler match, yeah. the Lawler Doink match. 
But the 2% is actually the comedy part of the match. I the once they once Doink gets pinned, I was just like this match is pointless at this point. Yeah. Even though I'm gonna, the little guys did a great job. Yeah, they did. I, I totally see they did a great job. Mm-hmm. But the match was pointless at that point. Yep. And so, like, I was just kind of over it at that point. Plus, the comedy did it went too long. Yeah, if the match was shorter, it wouldn't have. The it would be easier to swallow. Minute, the match is ten minutes long. Felt instead like of twenty. 15. Oh, like I was going to say, oh, it was 15. Yeah. Should have been fucking eight. Exactly. So, you know, whatever. But everything else, I felt like it completely flowed and I was enjoying the show. Some of these, uh, sur- like, so the Survivor Series actual matches, so they were, like you said, they flowed really well. They were not as big of a chore as some of the ones where, like, we didn't have a tag one where there's like 20 guys. And it feels like a bad Royal Rumble with yeah. two people inside of the yeah. ring. Like, it, every, it was, everything was laid out really well. I mean, like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, storylines coming into this show were furthered. Some were even closed out. Um, like Yokozuna and Undertaker, that feud is pretty much done with. Yeah, he got his yeah. win back. Yeah. Created some feuds with, now the Million Dollar Corporation came out to help Yokozuna. So... Uh, Undertaker probably has his next set of feuds there. Yeah. Now, whether some of those feuds are a good thing or not, we'll see as we go through. But it's it's going in a direction. But we're, yeah, everything's flowing in this show. Nothing's just like, it's there for no reason. Yeah, nothing feels pointless. Exactly. Which is pretty important. Yeah. Because we watched a lot of pointless shit on both of the two major promotions. We've watched every we watched a, we've watched, watched a lot of battle bowls, sir. Yes, we have. And uh, I don't feel like they ever meant anything. They didn't, <laughs> other than to give Sting a ring. Yeah, and they did that after the fact. And yeah, nobody <laughs> remembers that. Sting doesn't even remember that. Nope. You can call Sting right now. Be like, remember your battle bowl ring? He's like, what? Can Excuse I buy me? it off of you for ten bucks? Excuse me. It's like, oh yeah, I hawked that years ago. I wonder if that's something Cody Rhodes will try and bring back. Probably. Perfect I think the battle did, I think he did get the... I think he did buy the trademark for that. <laughs> but it's a dusty thing, so that's yeah. why yeah. he bought the trademark for it. In between um, shooting reality shows no one's going to watch, he'll do a, a battle bowl. Whatever. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. Smart, smart, smart. So what are some of the best moments of the show? Uh, Bob Backlund uh, winning after fucking 10 minutes of a hold. Yeah. And uh, his parents getting tricked. Davy Boy hitting his head and looking like him hitting his head and then him selling it for 15 minutes. <laughs> really like that. Owen crying on command. Mm-hmm. Owen, Owen is a, uh, so pretty is much such a star. That, that match. Yeah. Uh, WWF realizing how to get someone over. Putting Diesel in there, yes. like he's had this great year. Sean and being then he great just at being a shithead. Power bombs everybody. Still doesn't and bury blows Razor up on his team. Doesn't bury Razor. Doesn't bury Davy Boy. And, and but, the, but the three guys that he can power bomb, that it's not going to matter because no one thinks they're going to be beating Diesel anytime soon. Yeah, and it and it turns and turns him face as uh, Sean is an extra shithead. So it like does a lot in that match. That's probably the second best match just because of uh, that dynamic. 
Like, there's no... I don't think there's any just, like... Like, rest, like people doing, like, a wrestling move that was just, like, super cool. Yeah. But every, everything made sense. It was all... It was, it was like... I, I, whoever put this show together, I mean, we know it's Vince, but you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like, but like the, whoever put these matches together did a great job. They just did a great job of everything flowing and making people sense. People tagged in at the right time. Yeah. People uh, did the right moves at the right time. Well, like it's just a, it's just such a solid show. Yeah, I mean, you weren't overly run down with stupidity and. There's no like Eric spot, Watts on spots. this show where you're like, why is this guy here? Uh, like everybody in here did their job about as well as they can do their job and did it when they were called on. How about most disappointing? It was sad to see Brett lose the title, but I get it. The road agent who put together the Clowns versus the Kings match. Yeah. That's that. Like, we, I talked about it. Like, once Doink is pinned, the match doesn't make a whole... doesn't make a difference because Lawler can't be pinned. Yeah. And... Unless you're just going to disqualify the entire team for some reason. Like you can't do that again. You can't, like it makes more sense to have the all the all the little guys pinning each other left and right, whatever. Yeah. And then get to or doink, at and least then get to doink, doink and Lawler. Or yeah. once doink. And then because literally all the comedy stuff that they did in the first half of the of the match was tolerable. Guess what? You could still do that after they're eliminated. Yeah. They could just not go to the back. And then they could just run into the ring and do all that, just all like that they already did. Where or they were hiding could, under the ring, or you run could, out, do yeah. something, run or back you could under. disappoint the crowd by having after Doink gets pinned, them saying the match is over, and then uh, doing some sort of comedy thing with the minis, all three of six of the minis turning on Lawler because he like says something crummy to them, exactly. and you cut some time, and you still get to the same end. And the crowd is happier because they're like, fuck that, you won, blah, 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 you got Doink out of here already? And then like, and then you get his comeuppance. But yeah, the fact that it kept going is very silly. Because I had that thought too. I was like, oh, Doink's out of here already? Weird. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> like, why is this continuing? Yeah. Yeah, that, I'm like scrolling so, through yeah. here to see if there's anything else that jumps out at me, but... I mean, it's obvious Yokozuna's gained so much weight that he, like, really can't do a whole lot in the ring at this point. Yeah. And they've been using him for I mean, quite still a while does now, too. Fucking Uranagi and whatnot. Yeah. The, uh. Or Enziguri. Yeah. And, but Yoko had a. Seems like he has a pretty good run considering, uh, you know, being that big of a guy. Because a lot of the big guys, it seems like their runs were even shorter than Yoko's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like. A year or six months, like your Bundys and uh, but see they did what have you. They did smart with him though because they'd use him for you know a short amount of time and then they'd pull him for a little bit and then bring him back in. So it wasn't a constant. Oh, most disappointing, King Kong Bundy didn't do a five count. That's it. That's my most <laughs> disappointing. No, like outside of the outside of uh, the comedy match, King Kong Bundy because like, when he they did the three count. And I was expecting him to do the extra two, and he didn't do it, and it made me sad. But I get it. It's so 1987. I know. <laughs> Literally so, seven so, years ago, yeah, bro. So, so is, uh, so is uh, the LP match. is yeah. is old school as well, unless you're in Mexico. Yeah, just, we're still on most disappointing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still on the clowns and, and kings. Yeah, but I think we just, talked about The stupidity of the fucking names. Like, 
put a little teeny tiny more thought into it. I still swear I heard blink and not Dink, pink. Maybe blink, it's just because pink, I was like, that's a better sleazy, name, so I heard what I wanted to. I felt, you can name them whatever you want. I know, yeah. it's still dumb. It's I felt not, bad for Matt it's not like, having to say all their names correctly. I mean... It's not like they actually said them. No. Or had any distinguished... Like, That's the, why the they clowns, didn't have those graphics, the clowns they didn't are, have to know who was who. Technically, like, Pink had a pink, pinkish-red hair, yeah. so I could tell who that was. And so the only one left was Wink. But, like, Cheesy, Queasy, and Sleazy? Uh-uh. No clue who each other one each of them was nope. I just literally had to rely on Vince and Gorilla to tell me who was in the ring yeah one of them was a little one of them was a little chunkier than the rest I know that um, one of them was hairy too <laughs> one of them was very hairy very how about best performer I'm going Owen Hart for yeah. Uh, yeah outside of the ring for sure I mean Brett is always about as good as it gets whenever he's around in the ring but Owen really like Owen Outside of, like, Owen's not an ugly man by any means, but Brett is a more handsome man. Personally, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's all uh, personal, subjective. But, like, Owen Hart has the thing. Like, everybody believes Brett. Brett's serious. He's always serious. But Owen Hart has the thing that Brett never had, which is a promo. Yeah. Like, you believe Brett Hart when he's being honest because that's what Bret Hart does best and is so close to who Bret Hart is in real life. Yeah. Uh, Owen Hart is has is an actor. He can be heel, he can be face, and you know he's having a blast being a heel and he doesn't even let you know. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, not to give too many spoilers away, but he is going to be a, uh, a Slammy Award winner eventually. So possibly from his performance he'll, he'll here. He'll let even. us know. Oh, I'm Quite sure, often, I'm sure yes. he will. But yeah, his... His his little performance at the ring, I'm gonna give him. Yeah, he's the right size for a heel too, not too big, not too small. How about most surprising? Bundy being there, I kind of forgot he came back into the whole mix of things. I would say I was surprised by Bundy, but I was mostly surprised that Backlund won. I mean, definitely if you back then I was, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I just didn't know that at all. So like watching this, I was like, oh well, there's no way Backlund wins. <laughs> so as I'm watching the match, and it's really good, and then hypes drama for like five minutes he's in the hold for nine minutes yeah it's a long time but there's a world record for it could have been a couple minutes shorter but that being said like the shock of backland winning was palpable even this far removed from it for me because i didn't know so mission accomplished making their way to the ring it's trivia time Bum, bum, bum. This is where I, and this is where I come back. This week, the category is Survivor. Survivor. Survivor series. Survivor. So I'm going to give you an item. The two of you will go back and forth, naming those until one of you drops out. You also can't name the same thing. Okay. The one left over gets 40 points. We're going to do title belts that we have seen from 1983 to 1992. You have to give me the promotion and what kind of title it is. Gotcha. Okay. And I will tell you that there are 
43 of them. Jesus. I don't expect you to get all 43. If you do, I will applaud you. Yeah, I... (laughs) But Shane, you started last week. I did. So, Michael, you will start this week. I guess we get the easy ones out of the way first. WWF Heavyweight Title. Correct. Um, A WWF Intercontinental Championship. WWF Tag Team Title. Correct. WWF... I'm trying to remember what they called it. Was it the Women's Championship? Women's. Correct. NWA Heavyweight Title. Correct. And just for a clarification, we have seen the NWA belt change... Like design? uh, Names. Names. Okay. So, I counted each one of those as separate. Okay. Just letting you guys know for clarification. All right. Gotcha. So, like... The NWA heavyweight title, I can also say the, or wait, no, I'm not going to say that because that might not be the right year, so I'm going to hold off. Uh, I'm going to say the Million Dollar Championship. That is correct. That's good. Um, NWA tag titles. I'm going to need you to be a little bit more specific for me. Me? Yes. Tag team Heavyweight tag team champion, NWA heavyweight tag team championship belts. Hmm. <laughs> a little bit more. Yep. I'm giving you a chance. I'm so confused. What else could you call them? United States heavyweight championship belts. The, the NWA United States tag team belts is what uh, his guess was. Yes. Okay. NWA US tag. So I will say the NWA. World Correct. Tag Team Championships. I'm being super nice on this. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh my god, like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> it took me a second, but I was like, I, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about all the U.S. business. <laughs> NWA United States title. Correct. They didn't have ladies over there, did they, that we've seen? I'm trying to remember if we watched... One of these ones, and I don't want to say it if I'm wrong. So, the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. Correct. That was the one where I was like, I'm holding this one in the back pocket. <laughs> I already said it. Uh, NWA television title. Correct. It goes through the end of 92, right? Yep. The WCW Heavyweight Championship. Correct. The IWGP Heavyweight title. Correct. New Japan Pro Wrestling. The IWGP Tag Team Championship or World Tag Team Championship. Correct. WCW Light Heavyweight title. Correct. See, that's when I was trying to remember if we had seen that one yet or not. Yeah, because Pillman early in the 90s, um, when it, it basically stops at 92 as well. It probably starts at the end of 91 and goes to 92. I had to think about it for like... Yeah, it literally has like, we see it change hands like three times. <laughs> yeah, I had to think about it for a little bit because I was also nervous. Well, the WCW Tag Team Championships. 
I'm going to need you to be a little bit more specific. Sorry, the WCW World Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. It's the best. It's the last time I'm being nice. <laughs> so I've now done it for each of you. Mm-hmm. The AWA um, World Tag Team Champion Correct. belt? The WCW US Champion? Heavyweight Champion? WCW US Heavyweight Champion? Yeah. Correct. Uh, WCW Heavyweight Television Championship? <laughs> Correct. Let's see. Oh, yeah. We already said that. No, we didn't. The uh, WWF Women's or Ladies Tag Team Champions. Correct. Well, didn't we... No, we, we said the women's champion. You said women. Someone said women's, but no one said the women's tag team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot there was a women's tag team, though. Jumping bomb angels, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I, know, you I, just, I, don't, I remember the match, but I don't remember there being a title <laughs> in the picture because that only existed for those like two matches. Yep. <laughs> it sure is, and we're only at like 20. Like, what are these other belts? I'll tell you right now, I figure you guys probably only give about five more of these <laughs> <laughs> at best. NJPWIWGP uh, Junior Heavyweight Title. Correct. So what is that one referred to as? Just so I can write it down. IWGP right? Junior Heavyweight Championship. Okay. IWGP. Yeah, it's new. All the New Japan belts, basically. I guess. Yeah, or IWGP. Yeah. And the other one, the ones that aren't, I don't think exist at this point. I could be wrong, but like. You know, I know the Never title's not a thing. There might be a, yeah. might be another one that's in New Japan. You're sweating. I'm sweating. I'm stuck. <laughs> what is he going to say? <laughs> this is rough stuff, brother. <laughs> it's that whole WCW-NWA crossover thing that I'm like, which ones did they count as, and when did it stop, and did they have this one? And then there's some of these shows that were like, so fucking far along ago that I can't remember. Yeah, like I'm terrified. Well, I don't want to say anything because I don't know if it's right or not. But I'm terrified. There's one where I'm like, I, I would. That sounds silly to say. I would never say that. <laughs> but it could be a thing. I have no idea. And see, I'm trying to remember some of these. Surprised we got all names. these AWAs out of the way. Did we get them all out of the way? I mean, I don't know if it's all. <laughs> Did you get them? All I mean, I honestly don't know if we got them all out of the way. But I was surprised that we got to them as quickly as we did. That's what I'm gonna say. Let's say the, I don't know what it's called, so I'm just going to say the Memphis Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. That is not what it's called. Okay. That is incorrect. What did, was that even on? I can't <laughs> say until I'm officially declared the loser. So, therefore, Michael wins the 40 by, points. By default. So what is it called? Because he went first, so he doesn't have to answer another one. Yeah. That belt is the WCWA World Heavyweight Championship. World, what is that? W, World Champion the Wrestling. World Class Wrestling Association. Okay. I Actually, I think I have it written down as the WCCW. Cause, like, so we they, both got it wrong. So it doesn't count. Technically. <laughs> so I'll go with The thing backup. is, the WCWA and the WC, they were like switching their name to WCCW right at the same time as that show happened. <laughs> so it was like, is it this? Is it this? Like, I found like two different things. But some of the uh, belts, I, I'm actually... I gotta ask. I'm surprised Was there the WCW 
six-man tag team titles? Yes. Okay. See, I was trying to remember if we had seen that one or not, but as I remember I also them felt, I also felt like you guys would get the WCW United States tag team belt because whenever I... Yeah, you did. I, yeah. I said... Which belt? But I just thought maybe they uh, combined them whenever WCW took over yeah. completely. That My was other, the other thing that I couldn't remember the timeline of NWA WCW. The one I was scared to say was IWGP Six Man. That one was not around. I yeah. didn't think so. I'll give you the list. But I was I'll, I was I was kind of out of options. Alphabetically here, uh, there was an AWA Television Title. Okay. There was an AWA World Women's. Title. See, I couldn't remember if there was that. Me neither. The other New Japan title was the Greatest Eighteen Club. Oh yeah, yeah. I had any clue on that one. <laughs> on the a- the AWA show had a lot of belts that it's the only time we saw them because it was like a super like show type the of Minnesota thing. State so Heavyweight the... Championship. I think that's true. <laughs> actually, actually, this belt was on a WCW show. It was the LPWA Women's World. The First time we see the tag team belts, it is actually the Mid-Atlantic oh, World nice. Tag Team Belt. The NWA Brass Knuckles. NWA Central States Heavyweight. Brass Knuckles. NWA Florida Heavyweight. That's what it was, Florida. Yeah. NWA Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight. National Heavyweight and National Tag Team. Jesus Christ. I would have gotten this I guess one. It's the if, if I thing. was in this, I would have gotten this one because I remember that the NWA Western States Heritage Belt was defended. Because <laughs> ah. the only time we saw it was on the Bunkhouse Buck Show, yeah. and it was the best match on the show. Bunkhouse the only Stampede. reason I remember that belt. Stampede. Yeah. Bunkhouse Stampede. Okay, yeah. That's you, what I meant. Said I said bunkhouse Buck. Buck. We saw a lot of Bunkhouse Buck in the last year. <laughs> um, there was an NWA World Junior Heavyweight. Now these, are, I mean, these are ones that we would have been pretty, yeah, pretty right. brassy to pull out. UWF gets bought by Jim Crockett, so they combine the UWF heavyweight and the UWF television titles into at a Starcade. Remember that one even? Me neither. And then on the AWA show, the WCWA or WCCW, it's all the same thing. Light heavyweight, Texas heavyweight, world heavyweight, world tag team, and then the one you guys, the big one that you guys forgot is Big Gold. The WCW International World Heavyweight Well, see, title. I didn't know if that was in 92. I was thinking I didn't become that until 93. I get it. I get why you might miss <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think we did um, pretty well. Yeah. I think you guys did a great job. <laughs> when you pulled one. out the million dollar, I was like, yeah, it's a championship, but it's one made. It was a, hey, I said, it was defended. I it said was. title belts. No, I for sure. I did not I wasn't, say championships. By no means am I mad about it. It's just like, oh, I would not have... I, like, I wouldn't have thought about it because I don't think anybody ever took it seriously. Then I started thinking, well, shit, did he say titles or championships or does yeah, Royal Rumble count? What is the does nomenclature? The ring? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, think you got, I think it's got to be something with buttons. Soul Survivor. Yeah. Next week, Starcade 1994. You guys looking forward to Starcade? Is Ric Flair going to be there? Do we ever? No, he's retired. Oh, that sucks. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I'll tell you next week. Wait, is Hogan going to be there? Definitely. Yep, I'm already not looking forward to it. Some music from this week's show is Lawman by Chuck Wilde. And Undertaker won our main event, so we play Grim Reaper by Jim Johnston. If you like this show or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, recipes, we're going to Nashville next week. Ooh, that's different. Yeah. So hit us up with some Nashville yeah. stuff. We've only been to Nashville Memphis, a couple times. Nashville. Yeah. I mean, you can hit us up with Memphis stuff. Uh, it's, no, it's, no, no, it's in not Tennessee. that. I'm just saying we're going to Nashville, not Memphis. So like, we're Jerry Lawler free next week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Let's hope so. I mean, it's WCW, yeah. so unless all of a sudden it's just like a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just figure if there's a show in Memphis, he's like, well, I have to be there. So, like, it's just like a, yeah, it's just part of the law. It's like a law. You can always email us those at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. X. We'll talk to you next week. Later.